The Lord be with you. A reading from the Holy Gospel according to Luke. In those days a decree went out from Caesar Augustus that the whole world should be enrolled. This was the first enrollment when Quirinius was governor of Syria. So all went to be enrolled, each to his own town. And Joseph too went up from Galilee, from the town of Nazareth, to Judea, to the city of David that is called Bethlehem, because he was of the house and family of David, to be enrolled there with Mary, his betrothed, who was with child. While they were there, the time came for her to have her child, and she gave birth to her firstborn son. She wrapped him in swaddling clothes and laid him in a manger, because there was no room for them in the inn. Now there were shepherds in that region living in the fields and keeping the night watch over their flock. The angel of the Lord appeared to them, and the glory of the Lord shone around them, and they were struck with great fear. The angel said to them, Do not be afraid, for behold, I proclaim to you good news of great joy that will be for all the people. For today in the city of David, a Savior has been born for you who is Christ and Lord. And this will be a sign for you. You will find an infant wrapped in swaddling clothes and lying in a manger. And suddenly there was a multitude of the heavenly hosts with the angels praising God and singing. of the Lord. We added the Gloria. <laughs> the angel certainly knew Latin, we know that. <laughs> you know, if you turn on your... Uh, your radio or your Pandora or whatever you listen to nowadays, um, yesterday evening or even this morning, it's almost inevitable that, that when they, as they kind of work their way through the Christmas hymns, um, they will get to, of course, O Come, O Come, Emmanuel. And you say, well, come on now, that's, that's an Advent hymn. This is Christmas already. You know, we've had enough of the Come, O Come, Emmanuel stuff. It's now time for O Come, All Ye Faithful. And, you know, the, the, the Advent wreath is gone, and it's, it was good it's gone because it was getting pretty tindery, pretty dried out, and, you know, all the violet colors are gone, and that sort of sober season of Advent and preparation and waiting for the Lord is now past, and, and we've got poinsettias, and the colors have changed to red and green and 
white and gold and, and it's Christmas for heaven's sakes. We don't need any more of the O Come, O Come Emmanuel and all of that Advent stuff. We did our part. It's Christmas now. Stop with the Christmas, stop with the Advent music on Pandora. Of course, who cares at Pandora? They could care less, I'm sure. But for us, it's kind of like, well, you know, stick with the season. Kind of follow the, kind of follow the rules we've been following for a couple centuries here now. You know, like 20 of them. It's like, let's, let's figure this out now, whoever leads Pandora or, or uh, not KPBX, I'm sure. <laughs> um, so anyway, you know, it's, it's really easy to kind of say, okay, Advent is over and Christmas is here. We've had enough of O Come, O Come, Emmanuel, and now it's O Come, All You Faithful. But we might be making a little bit of a mistake if we were to do that. You know, if, if, if the O Come, All Ye Faithful part of the Christmas uh, event, you know, that this call for the shepherds and for the wise men and for even Mary and Joseph and for all the rest of us to come, you know, to come and worship, to come and endure this, this beautiful babe in, dressed in swaddling clothes and lying in a manger, you know, maybe, maybe that loses some of its, its impact if we haven't paid close attention to the first part of the story. And the first part of the story, you know, goes back way, 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 way to the beginning. You know, it's, it's like the, the Old Testament, the Hebrew scriptures from the very, very beginning, all, really all the way up to the very end, are, are filled with this sense that we human beings can't save ourselves. That there's something about us ever since maybe Adam and Eve and the apple and the fruit and the snake and all that stuff, that, that makes us constitutionally incapable of fixing the messes we are constantly making for ourselves. You know, the, 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 the inability to see kind of who we really are, the inability to make meaning of our lives, the inability to find real happiness inside ourselves, the inability to find peace among ourselves. You know, from the moment Cain clobbered his brother Abel over the head with whatever he clobbered him with, you know, it's been just one mess after another for humanity. And therefore, it's no wonder that the Hebrew people, in a sense, give voice to all of humanity in kind of looking up to the heavens and saying, God, come and save us. We've made a mess of things down here. We've got our feet stuck in the mud. We can't figure out our own hearts. We don't know how to love. And we try and try and try. Family after family, generation after generation, century after century, even millennia after millennium. <laughs> and we can't get it right. And so, yes, we pray. Come, Lord. Come, Messiah. Come, Divine Redeemer. Come, oh, come, Emmanuel. And, and fix us. Don't stay up there in the heavens. You know, you're no good to us up there. I mean, we can, yeah, we can pray to you up there. We can kind of hope you're up there listening to us. But, but we need something more down here to figure out who we are and to figure out who you are and to figure out how to live and what the point of our lives are. We make such a mess of our lives. And we're really sorry about that, but we can't fix it. So come, Emmanuel, come. 
You know, when they, they prayed that prayer for a couple thousand years, comes up over and over again in one way or another, sometimes in hymns, sometimes in stories. You know, about the only time when they thought they kind of had things figured out was when David was king of Israel and Judea, and they figured, oh, okay, we've got this figured out. And then that ended as soon as his stupid son took over. You know, so it's been nothing but tragedy and trouble all the way along. A couple thousand years of this. We can, you know, we all know what it's like. You're looking ahead. You know, when we're young, we look ahead. And, you know, what the years that are ahead, they always seem so far away. You can imagine, you know, a thousand years back before Jesus and saying, gosh, this is never going to happen. We keep praying and praying and it never comes and it never comes and it never comes. We never get the Messiah we pray for. We never get the Savior we pray for. We never get the God down here that we pray for over and over and over again. And then all of a sudden, it happens. Then all of a sudden, you've got this story sort of breaking the whole history of Hebrew theology and spirituality and humanity's human history sort of apart. All of a sudden, you've got this extraordinary story of a little virgin in, in Nazareth and an angel Gabriel and Joseph and, and John the Baptist and, and, and suddenly Bethlehem and the birth of this little baby and you've got stars and shepherds and, and three kings. Last night, one of the kings... One of the kids asked me, where are the three kings? We were up here chatting, you know, with a whole ton of kids. I said, where are the three kings? I said, they're in a closet somewhere. <laughs> All the adults laughed. I didn't figure <laughs> The kids didn't get it. <laughs> anyway. You know, so all of a sudden, it's, it's this huge, sudden story that says, finally, 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 after waiting thousands and thousands of years, after all of this crying out, after all of this, come, oh, come, Emmanuel, everything shifts, and he does come, and he is here, and suddenly we have God made flesh, the Word made flesh in our midst, the thing we've been hoping for for so many centuries and millennia. The thing we've been praying for and begging for. God finally comes out of his heavens and comes down here with real feet and real hands and a real voice and a real touch and a real heart. A human heart like, like all of ours. And, and he's not born in a palace somewhere. He's not born to some family of great generals. He's not born to, to King Herod and his cr cruel crew. He's, he's born in a stable. You know, the whole emphasis of Luke's story is how poor he is. You know, he's as down low to the ground as you can get. This is maybe not the God the Hebrew people thought they were praying for, but it's the God they got. You know, a poor God. Uh, God wrapped in whatever rags they could find. An unexpected God. But here he is. And suddenly the hymns change. Instead of the story being all us human beings down here looking up to the skies, crying and praying and singing, O come, O come, Emmanuel. Suddenly the angels are crying out to us and saying, O oh, come all you faithful. O oh, come all you broken. O oh, come all you wounded. 
Oh, come all you unfaithful. Oh, come all you people who are sick and who are suffering. Oh, come all you people who are sinners in whatever way you are sinners. Come. It's no longer us asking God to come down to us. It's God asking us to come to him. I'm here now. I fulfilled your promise. I fulfilled your prayers. Now it's your turn to come to me. And we read about this throughout the Gospels. You know, the, the blind man comes to Jesus and says, Open my eyes. And he does. And the leprous man comes to Jesus and says, Heal me. And he does. And the woman caught in adultery looks up at Jesus and says, Make me free. Forgive me. And he does. And the, the poor guy who has a son possessed by a demon says, you know, heal my son. And he said, Jesus says back to me, of course I will. If you have faith. And he says, I, I believe, but help me in my unbelief. And Jesus does. And, and the women come to him on the Sunday after his death. And they find the tomb open. And those same angels are proclaiming, he's risen from the dead. He's risen from the dead. Isn't it great news? And they go forth and proclaim to the apostles, it's true, he's risen from the dead. So the problem is no longer that God is not here with us. That was the problem before when we were singing, O come, O come, Emmanuel. You know, we had a right to shake our fists at the heavens back then and say, God, why aren't you here for me? But no longer can we do that because here he is. We've seen him. We've heard his voice. He's touched us. He's walked our roads. He's been poor like we've been poor. He's shown us his heart, God's heart for us in our weakness and in our brokenness and our sickness. He's shown us that even in death itself, we're not alone. Even in death itself, he's with us in that most mysterious and strange and fearful moment of letting go of this life. Our God is here with us. So that's great, isn't it? That's the good news. That's what we've been trying to proclaim for these last 2,000 years. Oh, come all ye faithful. Yeah, okay, we're coming. We're coming with our blindness. We're coming with our leprosy. We're coming with our sins. We're coming with our doubts. We're coming with all of it. Great God, you're here with us now. But then why hasn't the world changed that much? You know, it's still a mess. It's still a mess. Read the newspaper, watch the news. You can't stand it after a while. It's such a mess. What's wrong? It's no longer that Emmanuel has not yet come. Now the problem is that he has come in this burst of light and joy and grace that we celebrate today. And too many of us aren't really coming to him. Too many of us aren't really coming to him 
you know, with our broken hearts and saying, heal me, Lord. Too many of us aren't coming and saying, you know, my life's a mess. Heal me, Lord. Too many of us aren't coming and saying, you know, Lord, I'm really a lot bigger sinner than I even think I am. Forgive me. Heal me. Too many of us are saying, I think I can do this on my own. Jesus, you just stay right there in that crib. Too many of us don't really know him that well. We don't know him, we don't see him, we don't follow him. You know, we're not doing what it, he asks us to do, not just to come to him, but also to go out and do for others what he's done for us. If he's opened my eyes, then I go and help other people open their eyes. If he's healed my leprous skin, then I go out and help others heal. If he's forgiven me my multiple and repeated sins and offenses and faults and failings and still embraces me and says he still loves me after all of that, then who am I not to go out and do the same for others? And if we were doing that, if we were truly coming all faithful and true and knowing and loving of this Jesus and taking this gift back into our world, well, it would be the kingdom of God on earth and all our prayers would be answered. So the problem is not God not with us. The problem is God is indeed with us and we're not quite with him. And what better day of all days of the year to say, okay, it's time to take Jesus seriously. It's time to take Emmanuel seriously. It's time to take God with us seriously. It's time to take the word made flesh seriously in my own life and in our lives and enjoy and praise and thanksgiving and together with all the angels in heaven say let's get this kingdom of God thing going. Let's take the gift Jesus is for us and give it to our world.